No, seriously, you can't make this stuff up. They got a guy who was sleeping with a Chinese spy. God is married and got, I think, two little girls. He's sleeping with a Chinese spy. The Democrats put him up there to, <laughs> to argue their case that it's Trump that should be impeached. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up, folks. Oh, man. Hey, uh, good to have you guys on board here on The Voice of One, The VU. This is episode 73 for Wednesday, February 10, year of our Lord, 2021. It's uh, day two of the Sham Impeachment 2.0. Woody Cumbie here, your host, bringing you the hoax-free blend of coffee, current events, faith, and FSU sports. Now, speaking of sports, did you hear about the, the Mavericks, the Mavericks, the NBA Dallas Mavericks, Mark Cuban, uh, the owner? Yeah, he said that uh, they wouldn't be playing the national anthem uh, before their games, the Dallas Mavericks. Wouldn't be playing the national anthem. So, um, no, 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 no. <laughs> not, not that national anthem. No, I mean the, I mean the U.S. national anthem. The American National Anthem. No, they're not going to be playing, uh, yeah, the U.S. National Anthem. They said they weren't going to play. But the NBA came out and said, oh, oh, yes, you are. And they said that there's a rule that all teams have to play the National Anthem before each NBA game, the National Basketball Association. Now, I have not watched any National Basketball Association basketball this year, and I was thinking back to last year, and this is probably not a scientifically determined number, but I'm thinking last year I probably saw two minutes of NBA basketball. I'm just going to, this is just a guess. Regular season plus playoffs, I'm going to guess two minutes of NBA basketball. Now, the reason I bring that up is because it represents 120 seconds more than I have watched Sham Impeachment 2.0. <laughs> now, I know you're tuning in because you want my thoughts on Sham Impeachment 2.0, and now I reveal to you that I have watched zero seconds of the Sham Impeachment. But here's the thing. I have not watched it live. I've watched some clips, some, I guess you'd call them highlights. I've read what some people have written about it. And so I have a, a kind of a gist of what has happened so far, day one, day two of Sham Impeachment 2.0. So uh, I, know, I know this. I know that the Democrats are laying out their case. I know that they are aided uh, by uh, mainstream media. I know they're uh, amplified by mainstream media. I know that they are um, aided by social media. Tech, big tech uh, is, is in their corner. And I know that it's like a made-for-Hollywood script, what, what it is that they are presenting, uh, and very effective, I understand. Very effective. Persuasive, one person called it, that uh, is an otherwise uh, Trump... Uh, supporter. Now, uh, and I know that, that the Trump legal team kind of fumbled on day one, just kind of uh, played it nice, and 
and they were they played it real straight, kind of stodgy little presentation about the Constitution, and even that, you know, wasn't presented in all that compelling a way. Uh, so uh, then they took that vote at the end of day one, where is this constitutional? That was the that was the first day, right? It could is it constitutional? And then there were like the six Republicans that voted with the Democrats to say it is constitutional. Um, so you know it's like it's like this in classic in classic rhetoric. You have these three elements. You have ethos. Pathos and logos, classic. Like this is classic Greek, all the way back to Greek rhetoric, and and so the idea is that you've got you've got ethos. That's the ethical argument. What's the, you're being compelled? There there's an ethical weight behind what it is you're saying, and then there's the logos. The logos is the the construction of the words, the putting together of the words, and the logic behind it, and then. There's the pathos, right? The passion of it, the emotion of it. Well, I think you can understand uh, from everything I'm told about day one, especially that uh, that Trump's team was all logos, all logos, maybe a tad ethos, but mainly logos, and zero pathos. Whereas on the other hand, the Democrats high on pathos. Right, high on passion, high on evocative, high on emotion, right, and then they 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 salt in the logos and and uh, the ethos. So, and and here's the deal. Here's the deal. I I think I think what what's happening here is this. It's it's a basic uh, from Trump's team perspective. I think it's a misunderstanding of the moment. You see, the, the votes on this thing are baked in. The votes are baked in. There's not a chance. I agree with Rand Paul. There's not a chance in the world that Trump is going to be impeached. The votes are, are what the votes are. When they take the vote, uh, there's no chance that he's going to be impeached. But, uh, and so, uh, what's happening is, the Trump team, they're coming in there, they're playing it straight like they're actually presenting evidence to this group, these senators, as though they're going to somehow move the needle inside that room. The Democrats, on the other hand, understand completely it's not about the people in that room. The people in that room have already made up their mind how they're going to vote. There, there's no mystery about the outcome. It doesn't matter what's presented. The people in that room have already decided what they're going to do. It's a done deal what's going to happen. The presentation is to the American people. The presentation is to people around the world. The presentation are to people who are pulling it up uh, at whatever time they've got to spare during the day or watching the replay at night or watching some YouTube clip. That's who the presentation, and the Democrats understand that. They understand they're not presenting to the people in the room. They're presenting to the person who's watching it at, in real time or sometime later. And they're pre they're presenting to the American people, and and meanwhile the, the the little straight laced guys on the Trump team they're like playing it straight. So uh, yeah, so the bottom line is Trump team fumbled, right? Apparently on their own three, and uh, <laughs> and the Democrats kind of pretty much easily punched it in on day one, and uh, so then they've had. Uh, 
all day. The Democrats, is, I think, have had all day to present their, their stuff today. So I, I, they're probably landing a lot of punches, and, 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 that's, uh, and that's the way it is. But I can tell you this, folks. Um, we're at a very dangerous moment. I, I, I have a lot to say about, about what's happening. And I'm just going to random. These are going to be just like random thoughts, random thoughts. Um, but here's thought number one. We're at a very dangerous moment because I believe to the core that what is happening there in uh, Washington, D.C. is unconstitutional. That the Congress, the Senate, has taken upon themselves a, an exercise that is reserved, a role that is reserved for the, for the judiciary. Our government is divided into the executive and into the, the Congress and into the judiciary. And when you're talking about having a case against a citizen of the United States, a private citizen, not a sitting U.S. official, but a private citizen, that's the role of the judiciary. That happens in the regular courthouses of America. <clears throat> the, the U.S. Uh, Senate, House and Senate, they cannot get into the business of, of uh, holding a case, a court case, as it were, for someone who is a private citizen of the United States. And that's what Donald J. Trump is. He is a private citizen. And uh, I agree with the uh, uh, Trump lawyers that say, if you go down this road, and they have gone down this road, <clears throat> that if the, if the uh, Republicans ever get the uh, majority, well, why not, why not uh, impeach uh, Obama? Right? Why not impeach Obama? Why not impeach anybody who's not currently in office? If you can impeach a private citizen, why not, why not go ahead and do it? And, and why, why limit it to somebody who previously held office if the U.S. Congress, if the Senate of the United States can try a private citizen of the United States? Why not me? Why not you? Why not try you? And here's the scary one. Why not, why not try an entire group of people? It's a dangerous moment. It's a dangerous precedent. And uh, I'm disappointed, frankly. I'm disappointed. And here's what's happened. Here's what's happened. This is kind of thought, too, this blending in here now. Trump hatred is, runs so deep among the Democrats and among some Republicans. Uh, and the social... Um, the social penalty for appearing to somehow do anything that would be perceived to be on Trump's side, even if it's not really on Trump's side, even if you're really just showing up to argue the Constitution, that, that between those two things, the silencing of those that would know better and the overwhel overwhelming hatred of Trump that animates those who are taking action and are speaking up, those two things have combined to have people take action or fail to stand against action that would otherwise readily be determined to be unconstitutional. 
And I'm surprised, except for the reasons I just stated, that Trump himself or someone hasn't gone to the Supreme Court to say that what's happening here is unconstitutional. It's unconstitutional. But anyway, it's where we, it's where we are. It's where we are. But let's talk a little bit about now this uh, sham trial, now that it's happening, now that it's happening. I really don't understand why um, Trump's team appears to be uh, so ill-equipped and so reticent to take on the charges, actually, that are being made by the Democrats. And remember, they're, they're charging that the president has incited, that he incited somehow this riot, this, quote, insurrection that, that uh, happened on January 6th. But supporting their idea in the impeach, uh, impeachment articles is the idea that he forwarded the false idea. This is what they're presenting. They presented it even today uh, on the floor of the Senate that Trump continued to beat the drum and forward the idea of a lie, they called it, that somehow the, the election had been stolen. And they cited all kind of different times that he tweeted or spoke or said different things about uh, the outcome of the election. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you're the defense, right, if you're, if you're on Trump's team, they've just, they've just introduced the idea of the integrity of the election. They, they've just said, you don't have the evidence that there was a problem with the, with the election. They've just opened the door. All you've got to do now is just drive through it and take the time. You've been given the time. Look, you're silenced on social media. You're silenced in mainstream media from saying anything about the election, right? So where, where can you go? Well, you got your opportunity. Before the entire world, you've got a chance to go present the evidence. Now, the question is, will they? Can they? And do they have the pathos to do it? Do they have the authenticity to do it, these guys that are scrambling? Now, look, I, I understand that they got the case a week out, and, and uh, Trump had a falling out with his team, and that's on Trump. That's on Trump. But what's also on Trump is not getting the firebrand people in there that could actually fight, right? Where's where uh, uh, Matt Gates, Congressman Matt Gates? He he said he said that he would resign his seat in the U.S. Congress if he could go in and argue this case about the election and about the incitement. Take him up on it. Dershowitz, Dershowitz said he would go argue that First Amendment or argue the First Amendment and argue the constitutionality uh, of the impeachment, right? The fact that it's not constitutional, didn't, they didn't take him up on it. And so it's like, hey, whoever's surrounding Trump uh, right this minute, whoever's advising Trump right now, I don't know, but it's like, uh, where's Peter Navarro? Peter Navarro is willing to go in there. He's the guy who's written uh, The Art of the Steel, and he's written the follow-up to The Art of the Steel, right? He's got page after page after page after page where he lays it out logically, uh, what all happened in this election. Uh, I've heard him say he could go in there in an hour and distill it all and put it in. He said he could present it in three slides 
uh, and tear down the Democrats' argument that there's no evidence. They keep saying there's no evidence. That's that's the mainstream thing. That's the that's the the social media thing. That's the Democrat line. There's no evidence. There's no evidence. There's no evidence. There's no evidence. And yet they won't allow any evidence to be uh, presented in the mainstream media or social media. But now the Trump team has an opportunity. They have an opportunity if they'll take it, if they'll take it. And I think there's going to be understandable frustration on the part of MAGA folks if uh, Trump doesn't put people on the floor of that Senate uh, to argue the case. Because let's face it, it's not just him that's on trial. It's very open. The, the Democrats are very open. They're putting everybody, everybody, all 74 million voters on trial. Anybody who's ever has said anything openly and publicly in support of Trump or, or questioned in any way the outcome of the election, they're putting us all on trial, all of us. And so we're all looking for a defense uh, in that well of the Senate. And that's what we're looking for. So it's kind of hard to believe that Trump has not put forward a better uh, team. Now, a uh, couple other things. Uh, I go back to this idea, and I'm telling you guys, this is a key idea. And I presented it several boos ago, uh, but I'm going to go back to it. And that is, you got to keep asking this question. Who benefited from January 6th? Did the president benefit from the events of January 6th? Did the uh, challenge to the electoral results, was it aided by the events of January 6th? The MAGA movement, the 74 million of us, right, who, who, who vote for Trump, were we somehow made better by the events of January 6th? And when you ask that question, you then have to say, seriously, you want, us to, you want us to believe that it's Trump who incited what really was, I mean, as soon as that happened that day, I mean, by that night, weren't we all just sitting there just like, you got to be kidding me? Because we were in the midst of, of, we were in the very start of presenting 12 hours of evidence for the entire world to see. And that event happened and they came back and everybody sang Kumbaya and, and laid down their swords and walked away. Right? <clears throat> so who benefited? There's no way that Trump orchestrated the events and the outcome of January 6th. It just didn't happen. Um, here's another thought. I'm going to call it George Floyd 2.0. George Floyd 2.0. Now let's think about this. When, the, the, um, when George Floyd was had that knee put on his neck and for eight minutes that that officer uh continued to cut off his oxygen and and george floyd died and it was all filmed and 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 it went viral around the world the entire united states was unified unified in our response that that was a horrific thing and that those guys had to be brought to justice. We were unified. Democrat, Republican, black, white, rich, poor, everybody. We all saw it. 
as a horrific miscarriage of justice. But you know what? The Democrats spun it and used Antifa and BLM to ignite it such that within just a few weeks we were all just as divided, if more divided, we had ever been. And it wasn't over George Floyd. It was over what happened after George Floyd. And it's the exact, this is why I'm calling this George Floyd 2.0. <clears throat> it's the, excuse me, it's the exact same thing. When the events of January 6th happened, all of America, Democrats, Republicans, left, right, Trump voters, Biden voters, Bernie voters, everybody, we all were put off. We all recoiled. We all condemned what happened on that day. There weren't 74 million MAGA people somehow sitting out here applauding what happened that day. But everybody in this nation was horrified that somehow our uh, our Congress would be a, a, a riot, would sweep through our Congress, that people would die. That I mean, it was just horrific. And the whole world watching, I mean, it was just horrific. And everybody said it. Everybody was agreed. And once again, we're at a moment of unity. But what happened? Didn't take long. I mean, literally hours, hours, until the Democrats had somehow spun it, somehow played it, and MSM amplified it in such a way that we were all, again, divided. Divided. I'm telling you, folks, the Democrats and the mainstream media, who is their ally, I don't believe they're interested in unity at all. I really don't. I don't think they're interested in any way in pulling this country together. And there are people who beg them, look, <clears throat> don't do this impeachment. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Forget, forget the constitutionality. Forget all this stuff. For, just, just think about it in terms of, do we really want to bring the country together? This is not bringing our country together. Uh, all right, a couple other things. I'm just telling you now, guys, conservatives, we've been consistent in condemning attacks on police and government buildings for the last year while Democrats have been silent. They've been silent for a year while Antifa and BLM attacked police. Police were killed. Government buildings were attacked, overrun, put on fire. And Democrats were silent. Yes, the event of January 6th was horrific and has been condemned. I condemn it again, and we all condemn it. But you know what? It's kind of interesting that only now, only now do we hear the Democrats somehow concerned about violence against police and government buildings. Last thing. Uh, you definitely need to look at revolver.news and look at this story called something like Blood Liable, something like that. It's the story about this um, 
about the policeman who was killed, the Capitol policeman, and his name was Brian Sicknick. And remember, it was told everywhere that he had been hit over the head by a fire extinguisher and killed uh, in the midst of all that riot. Well, it turns out that uh, despite all of the video that they have combed over, they have video of him engaged with those who were rioting and coming into the, into the, into the uh, Capitol. They cannot find where he was hit over the head with a fire extinguisher. Now, how many times has that been said in mainstream media? You need to read this story on revolver.news. And they, but they can't, they can't, where it's a month later, they said they were going to spare no expense going after whoever did this. And yet we're a month later and there's no charges about him being hit over the head and killed uh, by somebody wielding a fire extinguisher. And by the way, this whole incident is, is cited in the impeachment articles, right? That this is, you know, an armed insurrection. They killed this police officer using uh, a fire extinguisher, but they can't find any video of it. Not only that, that night, the night of January 6th, after the whole thing was over, policeman Brian Sicknick texted his brother, Ken, and told him that he was okay and that uh, he'd been pepper sprayed a couple times, but otherwise he was good. No reference to the fact that he had been hit over the head and rushed to a hospital. No, he's, he, he, just, he, he said, hey, you know, I'm doing okay. The next day, he goes back to work, this officer, and sometime during that day, his, his brother, Ken, and other members of his family began to get uh, uh, calls from reporters about their, about their brother, Brian Sickness, the, the uh, officer, having died. And the family's like, we don't know what you're talking about. They hadn't received a call from the police. They hadn't received a call from the Capitol Police. They hadn't received a call from a hospital. They hadn't received a call from anybody except reporters saying, hey, we heard your brother died. They said, well, we don't know what you're talking about. And then they, they, uh, the Capitol Police issue a statement through the official spokesman saying, hey, there's a statement out there that Brian Sickness has died. He, he, no, no, no uh, officer, uh, Capitol Police officer has died. This was the next day at five something in the afternoon. Meanwhile, his, his family rushes to some hospital where supposedly he had been taken and, and they get there, and he died, and it turns out that somewhere along the way here, he's had a stroke. And, and, and so now, and then, then they, uh, two hours later, the Capitol Police issue another statement and say, well, he, he did die. He did die. And now, at his memorial service, is there a coffin? No, there's an urn. There's an urn. He got cremated. And there's no autopsy. Results that have ever been, we don't know if, there was, if one was done, but certainly none was released. And so if there is no autopsy, and, and if he was cremated, there's no way to determine if he died of blunt force, uh, force trauma. This is a weird story. This is a weird story. You need to read it for yourself 
on revolver.news. But I'm telling you, slowly but surely, all the truth is going to come out about January 6th. And it's not going to be what it initially appeared to be. All right, guys. Um, my, best, uh, my best counsel comes straight out of the book of Joshua. And that is, <laughs> it's exactly what God told him. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. And my second point of advice would be this. Be a voice of one. In whatever your arena happens to be, just be a voice of one. Stand up for whatever truth you want to stand up for. I'm not telling you what truth to stand up for. I'm just saying don't remain silent. You may be have a completely opposite opinion than me. Okay, great. Speak up. Be a voice of one for your opinion. Maybe you have a completely different uh, set of priorities than me. You think you should be speaking up about something different. Go for it. Establish yourself a channel. Speak up. Be a voice of one right now more than ever. We cannot be silenced in America. We have to speak up for the things we believe in. All right, guys. God bless you guys. Sorry for going on a little bit of a rant, a little bit longer tonight. Uh, but I'll see, you <laughs> I'll see you back on Friday. Uh, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see where we are then. Uh, and God bless you guys. Be strong and courageous. Bye-bye now.